pushed along to Jerome McGinley. Crosby scores! It's over! The gold medal to Canada! The Seattle Mariners, Felix Hernandez, the 2-2! Two -two. He got him! 34 years! 119 games! It's finally happened! A perfect game by a Seattle Mariner! It was done by the King! Foles running up and down the line. It's a direct snap, and it goes to Clement, who gets it off to Burton, the tight end, who then throws in the end zone. Touchdown! Foles caught the ball on a touchdown pass in the yard by the tight end! What did we just see? For all the football, baseball, hockey, and soccer knowledge you could ever need, this is The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. Welcome in to The Water Break. I am McLean, and I am joined with a large cast. Creed. Sai. And uh, Harry and Andrew are here with us, too. We're going to get things started with our 5 in 5, bringing you news from five sports in five minutes. I'm going to get us started off with hockey. Uh, in hockey this week, it was a pretty big week. Yesterday, former Kraken member Mark Giordano got his first win with the Toronto Maple Leafs in a game that saw Austin Matthews also get his 50th goal of the season. Today, the Kraken are going to host the Golden Knights at 7 p.m., hoping to knock them out of the playoffs. The Knights are currently holding the West's last playoff spot. Around the league, two playoff contenders are going to face off today. Uh, and the Blues and Oilers, who will square off at 6 p.m. The playoff race in the West could come right down to the wire, with 11 teams in range and only 8 spots. Now over to Cy with some basketball. Alright, so right now in basketball, the Golden State Warriors are still trying to keep going without Steph Curry. Uh, Curry is still out with an injury, and his status will be updated on April 11th. But for now, they lost to the Phoenix Suns in a pretty close one. Um, just about, uh, I think it was 104 to 106, something like that. It was pretty close. Um, don't quote me on that one. We're not on and LeBron James could return Friday from his ankle injury, so that's pretty good news. And finally, the Timberwolves are starting to play pretty good as well. Um, I guess on to McLean for some football. Yeah, football. Uh, it was a pretty quiet week in football, but Todd Bowles' promotion over the recently retired Bruce Arians means that the league now has six minority head coaches which is the most they've had in a while. Uh, it's one of the fewest since the uh, induction of the Rooney Rule still. Um, Bull's impact is actually being felt by uh, Bucks players who've rallied around him, including Giovanni Bernard, who resigned with the team recently. Now we're going to throw it over to Creed with some soccer. Yeah, so in soccer this last week, we had some really big games. USA made it into the World Cup uh, first time in eight years. They lost to Costa Rica 0-2, to but that was the winning game for them. All they had to do was lose a better score than 0-6. to uh, So they beat Panama 5-1 to on Sunday, March 27th, lost to Costa Rica, but made it into the World Cup. They're currently in a group with England and Iran, and then the next team to join is either Wales or Scotland. All right, now on to McLean for some baseball. Yeah, baseball. By the next show, the MLB season is going to start. The Mariners will open in Minnesota on April 7th. 
Around the league, Mets superstar pitcher Jacob deGrom was scratched from his scheduled spring training start today. He's slated to be the opening day starter for the Mets, but that's now in jeopardy as last season's injury issues are continuing to eat up years of his prime. Locally, the Mercer Island Islanders are hosting the Bellevue Wolverines tonight at 6 p.m. at Island Crest Park. Admission is free, but parking is limited. If you can't make it, fear not, as 88.9 The Bridge will be broadcasting the game. We're going to have some of the crew with us later today. That's going to wrap up our 5 in 5. Thank you so much for listening to The Water Break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome in, welcome back into the rutabaga, or pff, the water break. The <laughs> you can tell I'm tired, y'all. You can tell we, I'm tired. We can go with the rutabaga. It is it's a, a good show. After school, everyone's kind of beat up from the week, but this it's all is, good. This is the water break. This is the water break. This is my sports show where I talk sports. And we've got, we've got uh, the baseball crew for tonight's Bellevue broadcast in. We've got Harry and Andrew uh, in the other room. You guys want to say hi? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the baseball crew. That's yeah. Right. And it's not just any baseball game here. It's Bellevue Week. So, a lot to look forward to. Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about how Bellevue's been doing so far this season? Yeah, it's um, it's not been good for Bellevue, I'll tell you that much. Uh, so, they, they're they currently, I believe, what, 2-5? Two, 2-5 two and, five? Two and five or 2-4? and four? Uh, One of those. Yeah, they're 2-4. and four. They're 2-4 and four this year. Uh, so their baseball team is not very good. Of those, uh, three of those four losses, by the way, uh, two of them came at the start of the year. I believe it was one and eight, one and eleven. Yeah. And then their most recent game, which was against Liberty, who, by the way, Mercer Allen beat fifteen to eight uh, just on Monday. Just on Wednesday, Bellevue lost to them two to thirteen. It Yikes. was rough. For Bellevue, now, I think I think tonight's matchup actually is going to garner a lot of interest, Harry, because we have Jack Beebe, That's on, right. who's going to be on the mound. We had a pretty spectacular game just this past Friday. Absolutely. Not only that, but I mean, the, just the bats for Mercer Island are so good. Yes, absolutely, and I think that's one thing that has really buoyed this Mercer Island team, which is you know, now top of the league right now, mm-hmm. uh, and they have won both of their interleague and their in-league matchups, which is why this Bellevue game, even if Bellevue is not the best team and is not necessarily competing with Mercer Island to be at the very top of Kinko 3A varsity baseball, it's a huge matchup because these kinds of league matchups decide who gets to be seated where. And it's not exactly like Mercer Island doesn't have any competition with Lake Washington hot on their heels for that top seed in 3A. So they can't afford to drop a game like this. And of course, in a rivalry game like tonight, you kind of can discount right, uh, records, you know? Mm-hmm. Both teams are really going to want it a lot. But Mercer Island bats are sure to have a real opportunity because it appears that Bellevue, due to injuries to their starting rotation, are going to be going with a bit of a bullpen day, meaning they won't have a conventional starter running out in all likelihood, unless the guy they put out there is going to pitch extraordinarily efficiently. And it's Two be innings Tanaka. was the number I heard for that guy. Two innings, right? Two innings, yep. yes, for Tanaka, who is a very good guy. He actually touches the high 80s at times, so he's got some real velocity. He's a very good pitcher, but yeah, one to two innings is pretty much the limit, so there's no real reason to believe Mercer Island should not be able to get hits early and often in this game, as Bellevue is going to have to burn through their entire bullpen. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Dominic Woody is going to be looking 
to sort of drag out the affair, take a lot of pitches, and force Bellevue to go to their depth early, knowing they don't have a margin for error because they don't have a starter. Yeah, I mean, running without a starter has become like an an MLB uh, mainstay. That's not really the type of thing you see in high school. You typically mm-hmm. see one guy who can pitch. In Bellevue, not having a guy like that, it just shows that they might have a poorly constructed roster. Um, and Mercer Island, who've had the explosive bats, I'd, I'd, I'd set the over-under for Mercer Island's runs at 9.5, and, and I would take the over. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with uh, just how incredible of year Halen Ott's been having. I, I still remember in that first game of the year, he had he you know hammered two deep past the fence to uh, bring Mercer Island out of an eight-run hole to end up winning the game. Quite the comeback, indeed. But yeah, and I mean production from the catcher position—it's uh, something that really helps teams win. And Halen Ott brings us that. That's right, and of course, it's worth mentioning that Halen has been consistent, and it's not just been power. You know, even just a few days after that two-home run game, he doubled twice to help Mercer Island stay close to Seattle Prep, though they would eventually drop that game. But even then, he's been able to work deep into counts and has been extremely productive throughout the year. And that's not even to mention the fact that he's done a great job behind the plate, Mm -hmm. helping pitchers like his own brother Evan and Jack Beebe turn in some excellent performances on the mound. All things considered, there's a lot to like about this Mercer Island team, but Halen is the early favorite for team MVP, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's one of the captains of of the team. Every single time he puts the ball in play, it's either a home run or out to the warning track. I mean, he he's so good, and like you said, Harry, he's so good behind the plate. It, what really surprised me is that uh, when we when we go we went when we went to go see him uh, at the home opener um, against Seattle Prep, he was really getting getting on top of all those balls in the dirt and making yes. sure that none of the yes. runners really had a chance to advance. Not only that, but I I vividly remember him throwing a man out Gunning of him second. Down. Yeah. Just he he's got the arm, he's got the glove, and he's got tons of power in his bat and hits for average too. He's just a really great player. A great and all around stud, somebody that definitely makes the Mercer Island Islanders uh inquantifiably better. That guy is awesome. And uh Halen Ott, if you're excited to see him, that game is at six PM tonight. Island Crest Park, uh, parking is limited, but the bridge is broadcasting it. So, yeah, uh, Harry and Andrew, uh, you are on the mics tonight, yeah? Yep, that's correct. Do you have a favorite moment that you've called this season? Well, it's pretty early in the season, McLean, so... Um... I'm going to say, I, I have a favorite moment. You already have a favorite moment? I, well, I mean, obviously it's subject to change, but I honestly, it was really, really very fun to call some of those... Uh, some of those Jack Beebe and Evan Ott strikeouts. There's just something about having a guy on the mound. It's not a specific moment, but I, I hope we have conveyed this to our listeners at home. But when you are watching a baseball game and you've got a pitcher who's settled into a game and is in a rhythm and he's putting his pitches where he wants them, good velocity, you know, sometimes the hitter knows where it's coming and still can't hit it. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about that. So I think, you know, it's not a specific moment, but just seeing Evan and Jack both go out there and really get into that dominant rhythm has been my favorite part of calling games so far this year. Yeah, I think my favorite part, uh, as the as the typical play-by-play voice uh, on our baseball broadcast, I think probably my favorite part 
about calling the games and my favorite moments so far in the year, uh, like you said, Harry, it's probably some of those strikeout calls because I keep getting robbed of home run calls, Harry. It's true. Every time I call baseball <laughs> and they hit one deep, it's always you know that little tricky part of Island Crest Park where the the like the green of the wall blends in with That's the right. bushes in That's the right. in the back. So I can never I can never fully tell if it went out of the park or not. And I've been I was robbed like twice last year. That's right. I do recall of home run calls. And I got I got tricked last time by Halen. <laughs> and I was so excited to to get that call. <laughs> and oh, it was so deflating realizing that uh it was only a double. It was only a double. But but yeah, some of those strikeout calls uh, I really love seeing, you know, long strikeouts. Yeah, like uh, the, the battle. The, yeah, those six, those six, seven pitch strikeouts. Yes, yeah. I I live for those. I love those. Strikeout calls are fun. Uh, I certainly enjoyed. Uh, I re- I was able to produce last week's broadcast where Jack Beebe uh, and Edgar Nakamura combined to shut down the Juanita Ravens in That's an right. Islanders victory. And I really enjoyed that one. I, I too, enjoyed those strikeout calls. Jack Beebe uh, is going to take the hill again tonight. He's going to be sitting those guys down 6 p.m. at Island Crest Park, uh, which you all should listen to. Uh, anyway, I think that uh, concludes our, our baseball section. Do you guys want to move into some Final Four, a very brief Final Four projection? For sure, yeah. Uh, so for those who do not know, the Final Four is Duke and North Carolina, as well as Villanova and Kansas. So Kansas, these past couple of years, and I mean the years that they've made it to the Final Four in recent memory, they've just been choking. And so they're kind of trying to uh, redeem themselves this year, kind of prove everybody wrong. Villanova, they won a national championship a couple of years ago. so But it's still a little bit surprising that they made it all the way this far in the tournament. I'm not sure a ton of people had them in the Final Four. Now, I think for that game, Kansas versus Villanova, um... I don't know. It's kind of hard to predict, but I feel like Kansas is just going to choke again. That's just what they do. Yeah, um, like Gonzaga. Yeah, like Gonzaga. Gonzaga always like keeps choking in this tournament. Same They're thing good. With LSU man, that was yeah. tragic. They never get that far. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then North Carolina versus Duke. That one's also kind of an enigma, almost because I'm pulling everyone, for UNC. You're pulling for UNC, yeah, because UNC. I mean, a lot of people had them losing way earlier, but they just kept fighting. They kept going through, and mm, I don't know. I don't think I can count out Coach K, though. Coach K has a lot more. I don't know. Well, it's his final season. I just feel like they're going to win. I guess. I, I root against Coach K in the same reasons that I root against Tom Brady. You know, you get tired of seeing the same guy do so much winning every year. Yeah, honestly, I'd like to see Kansas versus UNC in the final. I think that would be a great matchup to Me see. Too. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens from here. All these red blood teams, it'll be a good matchup that people are excited to be at, no matter who winds up uh, playing in the finals. <laughs> red blood teams. They're blue bloods, McLean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I figure the joke is because they all wear blue. I it's yeah. intentionally don't say blue bloods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I know. I don't but know. I yeah, thought that was, are... it was funnier in my head. This is this is gonna be some good basketball. They're all big programs, all pretty well known, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to watch. Yeah, so Villanova plays Kansas at three o nine p.m. and Duke plays UNC at five forty nine. Make sure to tune into both of those games and yeah, see who watch moves on. Those. 
All right, we're going to have a quick break here on the water break. We'll be back with some predictions for the Mariners 2022 season. Stay tuned on 88.9 The Bridge. You all should listen to Breakfast on the Bridge, the morning show on this station, because it's very good. It is very good. I enjoy the morning show a lot. Um, this is the water break. I am McLean, joined by Will, or not by Will, by Creed, Sai, <laughs> and Harry. And we're going to talk about the Mariners 2022 season. I am very excited. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think Will currently, he's in California, he's right? He's in California, right. no. I'm just that's, exhausted. That's good to hear. Uh, McLean, do you want to get us started off or not? Get us started? All yeah. right. So I want to, this time, we did a bit of like a general record prediction last week on the show, uh, which if you haven't heard, you should go listen to that. It's on Spotify. We're available everywhere as a podcast. Um, but this weekend, I want or this uh, Friday, I want to get a uh, pick to click and a potential unsung hero. So a guy you think is going to really tear it up. And maybe a guy who's, you know, not as loved by everyone, but could be a big contributor down the stretch. I'm going to I'm gonna start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with my uh, pick-to-click. I think my pick-to-click this year is Tom Murphy. I'm wow, really, that's bold, McLean. Yeah, that's I'm excited. That's really bold, considering he hasn't had a full season as an offensively productive catcher ever. I don't know. He worked really well as a defensive catcher, though, last he did. year. He Those, did. like, bargain bin pickups, you can never really expect great dif- defense from them, but he was good. He uh, helped get the most out of a uh, relief pitching staff that, you know, was turning over guys, really chewing guys up and spitting them out. I mean, do you remember how many times Wyatt Mills was sent down and called back up, Harry? My poor boy. Yeah, that guy, that guy learned the drive from Tacoma to Seattle really well. Um, but, but Murph was able to slide back in there and, uh, keep a pretty, like a quote, quote, starting catching job. Um, and he was able to hit an average amount. He's a guy who I think could have a good season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to look at certainly Tom Murphy was very productive for about half a season in 2019. He missed 2020 with an injury. So, you know, certainly it was a rough transition back into baseball, but he handled it well defensively. Definitely he did. Uh, Harry, do you have a pick to click? Well, see, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a huge Mariners fan, and I'm embarrassingly excited for this team. But there's one name who stands above the rest. Who's that? Julio Rodriguez. Oh, this yeah. guy is going to be the greatest thing that has ever happened to baseball. And no, I don't think I'm expecting too much. I love this guy. He hit a real, honest-to-goodness, inside-the-park home run in spring training. And I'm not talking like right fielder falls down, breaks his leg. I mean, it was a misplayed ball, of course, but... He actually got an inside-the-park home run, McLean. This is also a guy who, mind you, has, let's see, he's got 70-grade speed, 70-grade hit, 70-grade power. What can't he do? This guy is fantastic, and he is the future of the franchise. I think the Mariners should give him an extension now for as much money as they can possibly give him. This guy's fantastic, and he's a great guy, loves the game. He's going to be the best thing about the Mariners for years to come. He has a great scouting report, I'll say that. I would love to see him play, like, I don't know, maybe if he gets to his 50th game above single A. No, he doesn't need it. I don't know. I, just, I'm a believer. Credit to I'm you in too confidence. deep, McLean. I'm in too deep. In too deep? You're... I gotta believe in him. I don't it's know. It's a pretty good song. I got, thank you, Creed. <laughs> You're I, welcome. 
I got I got bitten by uh, uh, biting on the hype bug when it came to Jared Kelnick. Julio's different. He won't hurt me like that. Julio's okay. different. <laughs> he won't he's hurt different. Me like, he's not know. like the last one. He's, he's not like the last one, Mom. Okay. He's mm-hmm. not like the other prospects. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. true. Wow. So, <laughs> so true. So true. So true. Do you guys have any predictions for that season opener versus the Twins? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're win gonna that win. game. We better win that game. They're starting a rookie. They're starting a rookie. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Good lord, if we don't win that game, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I think that I think that opener. I mean, do you remember last season's opener? That one was awesome. Yes, I do. Though Jake Marco did Fraley. not pitch well. That wasn't awesome. Marco did not pitch well. But Jake Fraley with the walk off walk. Yeah. I watched that one. Uh, this is I, I. I try to learn a new way to watch baseball every season. Mm. Um, and this one, I had my friend. Uh, get MLB.TV and stream it over Discord. So we had like a baseball opener watch party. That's Um, pretty cool. I know. It was really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. It was one of my favorite ways to watch baseball. I did it for about a week, and then it got kind of sad just like hanging out, holed up in my bedroom. Uh, because we were, we were still in the middle of a pandemic, so I was yeah. like, I need all the social interaction I can get. I'm going to go downstairs and watch this game with my dad, darn it. Uh, and I did, and it was cool. Uh, and But yeah, no, uh, last year's season opener was awesome. Uh, Creed, do you have a pick to click this season? So I am not known for being a big baseball fan, but the one name that I have you know, heard a tiny bit about is Adam Frazier. I believe Ooh. that uh, his overall career... Batting average is, uh, I think, 281, but last year it was 305. So if he continues progressing on that batting average and does well in Seattle, I think that would be an amazing thing to see, and I think he could do well. Yeah, well, I mean, batting average is a bit of an archaic stat, but I do believe that it does sum up what Adam Frazier does really well. Um, Adam Frazier is a guy who makes a lot of contact and barely ever strikes out. Well, power isn't his strong suit. He lives on the base paths, and he's a problem once he gets there. He's uh, got an underrated uh, ability to steal bases. That's right. And I love guys who can steal bases. And he's going to, but you know, he'll steal. He'll have the second most steals on the team after Julio. Thought so. 70 grades after Julio. (laughs) Inside the park home run. It's happening, dude. 50 50 season, rookie year. He's going to be like Ichiro, AL rookie of the year, AL MVP. It's going to happen, I swear. I don't know, man. Why don't you tell us some more things you love about Julio Rodriguez? <sighs> I love Julio so much. Dude. You got to like make a list and then you I know, know. fill everyone in. I mean, the better question is, what do I not like about Julio Rodriguez? The guy is just so great. But I will say, McLean, that or well, I should say, I should really should say, Creed. I like Adam Frazier because he plays the game the right way, and the Mariners struck out so much last year. It'll definitely be good to have another guy besides JP. Who can is who has that high contact approach and doesn't strike out much and is pretty speedy. I will say that um, it's a it's a bit of a daring pick because Frazier started the season really well in Pittsburgh and he was traded to the Padres and did not play as well down the stretch. Here's the reason why I think you're still right, Creed. It's because for all he regressed with the Padres, Frazier was put in a pretty bad situation. The Padres, uh, they basically collapsed down the stretch, and that wasn't really his fault or anything, but it's clearly a very stressful environment. He makes this huge transition to a new clubhouse. He's fighting for playing time with an infield that's pretty deep, and the team is just dropping games left and right. And I don't think that's a good environment for anyone, let alone a guy who is like a career Pittsburgh player transplanted in the middle of the season like he was when he was traded at the deadline. So I think there's a good reason to buy on maybe not – Maybe he's not his all-star form from last year, but I think people forget just how many holes the 2021 Mariners had in them. The fact of the matter is that if Adam Frazier is even pretty decent, 
he'll be a huge upgrade because the Mariners ran out. You know, much love, but Dylan Moore couldn't hit. And, you know, Adam Frazier can. So I think he'll be a firm upgrade, and he's a good pick to really, you know, help the team a lot. Definitely, definitely. And while I do think Dylan Moore is best suited for a glove-only role. Can we have, like, a universal fielder instead of a universal DH? (laughs) You know what? Yeah, I think, new rule, I think if you hit your pitcher, you should be able to DH for somebody else on your team. I want to see that uh, added into the Otani rule. (laughs) I want to put Dylan Moore out on the diamond. I love Dylan Moore. He's one of my favorite Mariners. That guy has a glove that will play at every position. Um, He's a guy who, uh, like, he he gets it done with a bat. Um, and, you know, he had a good 2020 season, but besides that, his uh, hitting has been subpar. It's not been so bad as you're making it out to have been. Uh, he hit 200. He had an 80-something WRC+. Plus. That's, that's, that's not super great, though. 200? Let me put it to you like this, okay? I like Dylan Moore. Don't get me wrong. But I think we should actually enjoy this moment because starting this year, things are go- are going to change. But right now... In the DePoto rebuild era from about 2019 after they blew up the team to now, I would say the face of Mariners baseball has been Dylan Moore. He's put his stamp on so many memorable moments, you know, saving Felix's last start, the three errors against the Red Sox in a game they still won. Three errors in the ninth inning, by the way. His grand slam against the against the Astros. Yes, I mean, Dylan Moore is one of those players who no one outside of Seattle is going to remember in 5, 10 years. I am so glad that Dylan Moore is, like, the face of my high school years of Mariners baseball. I'm not sure I would say that. I would rather have, like, a, a, a you know, a good player. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's mean. I actually love Demo. You think you Demo. could beat Dylan Moore in arm wrestling? Well, here's the funny thing about Demo, though. Every single tool, except for hitting, is above average. Yeah. He's faster than average. He's got a good arm. He's got good range in the field. He actually has decent power. But he cannot hit to save his life. I yeah. mean, you say, oh, he's an 80 WRC+. plus. You That's actually a little inflated because of some power numbers. Really, as a pure hitter, he's very below average. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that there is a spot on the 20 Oh, yeah. He's a super utility guy. He's so versatile. But it's just, I hope he can put it together. But I wouldn't bet on it. And I think the Mariners are right to bring in Frazier. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Harry, do you have a potential unsung hero? I'm so glad you asked that, McLean, because I think this team is full of unsung, of unsung heroes, right? I think that, number one, Abraham Toro, you know, I uh, like that many pick. people positioned him as a bit of an odd man out after the Suarez trade where they picked up Jesse Winker, but also Eugenio Suarez, who was a third baseman. That was where Toro was sort of projected to play. But Toro's still going to get plenty of at-bats as sort of a utility guy going across the diamond, filling in for Suarez and Frazier, and especially early in the year, you can get away with you know giving him some reps at DH. But I think it's not just that, because I think every year, this guy is an unsung hero. Do you know who I'm talking about, McLean? Uh, year in, year out. Is it Crawford? No. no. I do. JP is an unsung hero. But is, it, uh, is it Marco? No. No? Who is it? It's Mitch Hanniger. Yeah. I love that guy, but honestly, I feel like he did not get nearly enough respect for what was a fantastic season, comeback year in 2021, and he's only going to get better. He that's, did have a great season. I, I honestly believe that you're looking at a team that's full of young guys, full of breakout candidates. But frankly, it was funny because, you know, Fox Sports released their poll and the Mariners won the poll to win the AL West, which is just really funny. That is awesome. I mean, they're not I mean, going to beat the Astros barring injuries to Houston. But in their promo that, art, yeah, they had J.P. Crawford twice. 
and they <laughs> didn't have Mitch Hanniger once. And I get it. Mitch is, you know, he's kind of soft-spoken. He's not a huge personality. He kind of just goes to goes to work every day, puts his head down, and produces a very valuable, um, you know, product on the field. But I don't know, man. I think that the difference, this team is going to live and die by the consistency, you know, Yes, Julio. Yes, Jared Kelnick are going to be huge guys, but they're going to go through you know young players' slumps. The, if this team wants to make the playoffs, they need to be playing good baseball consistently, and that means they can't just rely on Julio and Jared and Logan Gilbert, all these young guys. They need veterans like Mitch to step up. So I think if we're looking at a Mariners team that's in the playoff hunt in late September, it's going to be not just because of guys like Julio and Jared and Logan. It's going to be because of a guy like Mitch. They do. Well, uh, get your Hanniger jerseys if, uh, if if what Harry's saying is correct. Well, I have Hanniger jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I, uh, yeah, I gotta say, I do love Mitch Hanniger. His return to the Mariners after missing almost two full seasons, he was a big reason why the Mariners were even sniffing contention. Him and Seager, neither of them got enough respect. Yeah, there was a lot of noise, you know, about the bullpen. Seawald, Steckenrider, kind of drank up a lot of the praise for being in the key moments. Um, and Marco and Flex got a lot of praise, too, and deservedly so. Those two guys had awesome years, especially Marco down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we forgot about the bats at the top of the lineup, Seeger and Hanniger, who were there all season delivering consistently good baseball and, you know, making the team better. I think without Hanniger, the Mariners might push 80 wins if all of the absurd scenarios that allowed them to win 90 happened again. I, I think that Mitch Hanniger honestly contributed 10 wins to the team the war won't show him as a 10 war player he was like a four war player i think but i think that the team honestly wins 10 fewer games without him and they probably also win 10 fewer without seager anyway i think that about wraps up our baseball segment um we're gonna take a very short break on the water break and we will be right back uh after this we're gonna play a game so stay tuned for that And welcome back to the water break. We're doing a game as advertised. uh, And this time we're going to play a game that we actually had to cut from the show last week uh, for time. Uh, But it's coming back this week. We're going to see how quickly somebody can win at Jeopardy. I'm really excited to play Jeopardy. And if you want to participate in Jeopardy or yell at our contestants about how stupid they are, uh, you can call the station at 206-275-9104 or text us. And uh, we'll answer. You'll get heard on the air. Um, Anyway, let's get things started with uh, revealing the categories. Our categories are On the Move, Born in the 2000s, Trick Plays, The Number 12, and from A to Z, where every correct answer will have an A and Z in it. Um, anyway, uh, so Harry and Creed and and Cy are going to be our contestants. And uh, we're going to give... Harry's a guest, so we're going to let Harry okay. pick first. Uh, I'll take Born in the 2000s, number two. Born in the 2000s, number two. Okay, you got one of the baseball ones. Born in 2001, this shortstop just signed the biggest contract in Tampa Bay sports history. Okay. Who is Wander Franco? You got it. All right. So two points for Harry and mark that off. All right. You have control of the board. So what do you want next? Uh, I'll take uh, Born in the 2000s, number three. 
Born in the 2000s, number three. Not to be confused with the Jack Harlow song, this Heat shooting guard averaged 16 points per game in the 2020 playoffs. Tyler, oh, who is Tyler Hero? You got it. Okay, okay. I knew that. All right, five uh, points. Harry jumps out to a commanding lead. All right, pick again. I'll go with Born in the 2000s, number four. Keep it rolling. The first number one pick born in the new millennium. This player is currently the longest tenured New Orleans Pelican. Ooh. Oh my god, is he I really? No Who is Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson. I can't believe correct. Zion is actually. That's. Alrighty. Oh, wow. Nine to zero right. to zero. All right. This is Do not I get great. to keep going? You get to yeah. keep going. All right, y'all, let's clear off. Born in the 2000s, one. Born on March 1st, 2000, he led the Bengals in catches on his way to an Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Jamar who Chase. is Jamar Chase? Who is Dang Jamar Chase? I didn't say who is. Creed Shoot. didn't say who is. I, Wait, I did not say who is. You're all allowed yeah. to answer these yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, I was just... I knew, I knew Tyler Hero. Darn it. Okay, <laughs> I still have control of the board, yeah? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, uh, give me number 12, uh, spot three. Spot three. Oh, okay. The only Seahawk to ever be assigned the number 12 was Sam Adkins, but wardrobe failures caused this player to be the only Seahawk to wear it in a game. Oh, my God. Mm, this is an interesting question. Who is, wardrobe failures. Who is Russell Wilson? Not Russell Wilson. Who is Jim Zorn? Jim Zorn is correct. Oh, oh yes. Okay, Creed, uh, if, you remember, if you're a long, long-time fan of the show... Um, you might remember Jim Zorn coming on the show in freshman year to actually tell this story. That was um, a great story. Yeah, it was. But I blinked. All right. That's sad. All Harry, right. You get to pick again. Uh, give me uh, number 12 for four. Four. Okay, lining up with 12 men on the field on consecutive plays will cost your team this many yards in the NFL. What is 15? No. What, what is, is 10, 10 yards? Not 10. What, what is, is five? Not, it's not what is 20? 20 is correct. Oh, come the second on. Wait, how many how many times can <laughs> we answer this? Wiping the floor at the is, are we going to lose points uh, if we get it wrong? No, you won't lose points. No. Ah. We're playing simplified Jeopardy. The second 12th man on the field call right. uh, is an unsportsmanlike. Sure, so, sure. Got okay, it. okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wow. Uh, Harry pick again. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go with uh, on the move for three. On the move for three, currently a free agent, the author of Minnesota's last playoff win is done playing for the New York Giants. Oh, oh, who's Kyle Rudolph? Kyle Rudolph is correct. Yeah, hey, he caught that, t- he caught that touchdown from, uh, from, uh, from Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Hey, Creed, hey, Creed, hey, Creed. Uh, what team is on your hat right now? Say it for the listeners. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Well, in fairness, I'm a, I'm a Washington fan, and Kirk was a Washington quarterback, so I had to know his like only good playoff moment. That's all <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, I just haven't paid a ton of attention to the Vikings playoffs fair recently. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, uh, you know, I get happy when they get in, but it's the Vikings. What do you expect? Sure. Hopefully this year changes it up. I mean, we got Justin Jefferson doing insane again, and uh, we do have Kirk Cousins for another year, I believe. There you go. On so the, I'll take on the move for four. On the move for four. During the MLB lockout, a plan was oh. shot down to let the Tampa Bay Rays MLB. play half of their season in this Canadian city. What is Montreal? Montreal is correct. Bringing back the Expos, what? baby. Wow. Wow, Harry has twenty four points and nobody else has okay. a thing. I wasn't I wasn't sure if I was supposed to like wait for him to answer. Have and you then not watched steal. Jeopardy? I'm sorry. We should no. have cleared up the rules. Yeah, okay. Um yeah, you can steal. <laughs> I could have gotten season. Season. I'm feeling kinda bad now. All right, Harry. <laughs> no, me... just keep smoking us. Okay. I'll do, I'll take A to Z for four. A to Z for four. This ex Cardinal scored the winning run for the Tampa Bay Rays in their last World Series win. A walk-off over the Dodgers in 2020. Ooh, who is Randy Rosarena? Oh, Rosarena is correct. Yeah, okay. 
No oh. way. I'm starting to wonder why, like, all the fours are baseball. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, A to Z for three. Uh, a six-time Gold Glove and one-time Cy Young. This 18-year vet is returning to the team that drafted oh, that's him easy. for 2022. Who is Zach Granke? Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who way... is Zach Granke? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, you gotta watch uh, the Baseball Bits video on Zach Granke He's great. if you haven't. Zach Granke is a great player, <sighs> um, and just learning a little bit about his backstory is amazing. He's you a know, weird dude. He once tried to quit baseball to mow lawns for a living. Yeah, and he also kept none of his trophies except for a samurai, a samurai sword that Mizuno <laughs> gave him. That's pretty amazing. That's it. pretty sweet, uh, actually. The year after he won his first Cy Young and that samurai sword, um, when asked about his preparations for the new season, he said he was going to play a lot of World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. That's he would, pretty he, awesome. He would yell out signs, and he tried to organize a fantasy uh, football trade in the middle of a game. He called a, he called a meeting with his catcher to try and organize a trade in the middle <laughs> God, of a God, I love Zach Granke. Yeah. That's so cool. All right, Harry, you still have control of the Okay, uh, A to Z for Two. Two. Uh, the mascot of Arkansas University, who just knocked another team. Oh, uh, Razorbacks. What is the Razorbacks? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'll give Yeah, there you go, Cy. Nice. Razorbacks. All right, Cy. Cy two gets points two. on the board. Wow, look at that. Let's you got go. control right. of the board, Cy. Cy, you, so you get to pick the next question. Okay, let's go on the move for one. On the move, one. Uh, this guy left Atlanta to solidify first base in Los Angeles after 10 years down south. Oh, who is Freddie Freeman? Freddie Freeman is correct. Oh. Yeah. All right, Harry, control the board again. Give me on the move for two, please, McLean. A two-time Super Bowl champion. This pass rusher is now signed through his age 38 season. Who is Von Miller? Von Miller is yeah, correct. Well, there you go. Cy with four points, Harry with 32, and Kareem uh-huh. with a goose egg. I'm I'm not really known for doing well on these. <laughs> nah. I kind of like to just sure. listen and watch everyone else, and then I forget to actually say anything. Creed has one win since Trump was president. No, I have, I have like three. Come on now. But I, I don't have many. You don't need don't to have... go after my boy Creed like that. Come on now. I, I have multiple wins. I'm just not known for winning. I do have, though, do you remember the like whole radio station trivia? Yes. We, we had oh. a couple of radio station trivias. I won both. Yeah. Oh, there that you is, go. That is my one. win spicy trivia. That yeah. was fun. And then his luck ran out. All right. All right. It, it did. Cy, it did run you got out. the board. control of the board. Okay, let's go with trick plays for four. Trick plays mm, four. Big Sometimes called the big dig, sometimes called the hook and ladder, this hard-to-pull-off play led this Miami Dolphin to walking off the Patriots in 2018. Oh You're my. listening to KMIH Mercer Island. <laughs> who is it who did that? Um, it wasn't... Who is Devontae Parker? Not Devontae no, Parker. Wasn't Devontae. He did touch the ball on that play, though. He, I mean, they all did. <laughs> so are we trying to say what the play was? Or... No, who scored? No, who did it? Who scored who the scored? final? Who scored? Oh, okay. Can I, can I get who try, who missed the tackle? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you gotta say who scored. Oh, God. Take a guess. Who scored? Come on, think of your 2018 Miami Dolphins. Yeah, uh, who, wait, uh, who is oh. uh, Jeremy Grant? Not Jeremy, not Jeremy Grant. Grant. Who Creed, is... Do you have a guess? I have, I have no guess. Honestly, I, I don't know why the only person in my head is, who is LeGarrette Blunt? No, we're looking for Kenyon Drake. Kenyon oh. Drake, oh my wow. god, that's, that's sad. Right, Cy, Shouldn't you still have control of the board. All right. I still have control of the board. All right, we'll go trick plays for three then. Trick plays for three. Transparent webbing will give away this gimmicky staple of middle school infield play. Oh what? Oh no, what? I know what. Uh, what is a flea flicker? No. Who? Uh, what is a trap ball? No, not a no. trap ball. We're looking for the hidden ball trick. The oh, the hidden ball trick. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm excited know, to that. see the Islanders try to pull that off tonight. Yeah. By the way. Oh, I actually, baseball. I actually, as a, as a little Oops. league umpire, I have to call that all the time because then every time a kid gets fooled and steps off the base, then the coach always wants to argue that it wasn't really. He didn't really step off the base because he was tricked. Yeah. And I have to tell him actually that's a really bad argument to make. <laughs> 
<laughs> Coaches will make some really interesting arguments, you know. I know. Did I tell <laughs> you one wind. time, Harry, when I was a Little League umpire, I umpired a game for which my high school quarterback was the was one of the coaches. Wow. Like, he volunteered as a Little League coach to get community service hours, mm-hmm. uh, wound up coaching a game that I umpired, um, and he, honest to goodness, came out of the dugout uh, and spat in the dirt in front of me because I screwed over his team on a close play at the plate. <laughs> I was right, by the way. I was right because I'm an umpire, and the umpire is never wrong. That's true. That's true. Um, but I uh, I wound up uh, giving my the guy who threw passes to me the short end of the stick on a on a call. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Side tangent. Out That's a pretty fun the story. Though. There you go. But Sai, um, I think you still control the board. the board for Sai. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, what? we're just gonna go with number twelve for two. Number twelve for two. This university called its fans the twelfth man years before the Seahawks. Oh, what is Texas A and M? is correct. Yeah, yeah. College Sai football. Has I'm six not, points. I'm not gonna get the college stuff before you guys. All right, Sai again. Uh, let's go with A to Z for one. A to Z for one. This state contains the Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Suns, and Arizona. What is Arizona? What is Arizona? What is it? Arizona. Yeah. I give it to Creed because he doesn't have oh. one. Yeah, let's give it to Creed. Let's go. go. Let's go. That's where my family lives. So if I got that wrong, that would have been really depressing. That would have been sad. <laughs> A to Z. Huh? All right, Creed, pick again. Number or twelve pick. for one. Okay. Uh, upon changing teams, this Super Bowl winner kept his number twelve. Although he stated he would have picked Tom seven. Tom Brady is correct. Wow. All right, two clues left. Uh, Sai, you have control. Oh, uh, trick plays for two. Trick plays for two. Banned from some competitive Madden tournaments, this play involves a running back, quarterback, and receiver all touching the ball if successful. Ooh, interesting. What is a flea flicker? Flea flicker is correct. Really? They banned that? I haven't played competitive Madden ever. It is ridiculously broken running the Madden flea flicker. Yeah, it is ludicrous. Flea flicker and the speed option are two of the banned ones. Yeah, I was thinking like a speed option, but I didn't. Yeah. All right. Right, uh, and the last clue, the last clue, trick plays for one. This one's easy. Burton threw it, Foles caught it, and later in the game... Oh, Philly what special. What is Philly special? Philly special I give it to Cy. You give it to Cy? Yeah. Give it to Cy. Right. He probably got the one. Cy got double digits. Creed won, Cy 10, and Harry 32. You're telling me I won? <laughs> <laughs> Creed won! Let's go! That was a good joke, Creed. That was a great joke. That was a great joke. <laughs> thank you very much. Joke. Anyways... Thank you for listening to this episode of The Water Break. I'm super glad we got to play Jeopardy. Um, this was a ton of fun. It was I wa- great. I'm going to bring this back next week. More Jeopardy. Next Maybe week, a little bit less baseball. I, but, no, you know, more baseball. We'll more, more baseball. baseball. <laughs> more, more Jeopardy, more baseball. That's my opinion. All right. All right. Or we could do a golf score. You know, whoever does the worst actually wins. <laughs> in any case, thank you for, for checking in. Um, and stay tuned. The next show on the station is Thinking Out Loud, which will start right after this.